Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 16. We get a quick check-in with the doctor, Derek Leininger, go through the whole state and then concentrate a little bit on the Fort Wayne area semi-state. Cue the Derek Leininger theme music. to vote Derek Leininger we've got him for one week and it was the week of the big drop Derek the big drop in temperature we've got a lot to get to but this was the perfect storm of very warm days cools down just in time for the meet and I think we saw that with times and performances this this weekend right yeah I think so I mean and you looking at at least in Fort Wayne looking at the forecast over the next couple weeks it looks like it's probably going to stay in this kind of 60, 70 range. So, you know, it's kind of ironic on the very first day of fall that we dropped like 25 degrees from like 90 on Wednesday to like 65 on Thursday. At least we did in Fort Wayne. I don't know about yeah, No, yeah, same, same thing here. And you're right. It was the exact first day of fall as if the, uh, the, the atmosphere cares about that uh, distinction. So here we go. A lot of meat to get to. We'll see what we've got time to talk about after this uh you mentioned fort wayne you are the fort wayne semi-state guy so we do want to dive into that a little bit uh golden bear invite at shelbyville number three carmel girls shorthanded but win with 44 points over number 22 cathedral that's your guy brad peterson's the coach they scored 67 that's in the big school race they separate the scoring based on either 4a basketball or not 4a basketball uh, individually, Indian Creek goes 1-2, Libby Dowdy, 18-30, Abby Fleetwood, 18-37. On the boys' side, number one, Carmel Boys, shout out, uh, 37 points. They defeat number 18, Mount Vernon, 84, and number three, Columbus North, 92. Both those teams, Carmel and Columbus North, pretty shorthanded ran, you know, not many of their top seven boys. Uh, Aiden Lord dominates, 15-19. His winning time, Mount Vernon's Tristan Trevino runs 15.50, and I think Trevino's ranked in the top 25. He's got a pretty good chance uh, on INCC stats to finish in the top 25. Girls rating, I was a little surprised by this. Plus 21, boys rating plus 23. What do you make of that Shelbyville meet, even without seeing those some of those top teams there? Well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose – do you think that not not having some of those top teams and top, you know, does that does that change the formula? I think you have, you have a much better grasp of because I think you you handicap these yourself and you're pretty close most of the time. Um, does it significantly change a rating when you have a whole bunch of elite runners in compared to a a meet where you don't have that many elite runners? Yeah, I suppose that the the competition level would drive that up right you think right yeah but it is based on how you performed compared to your expectation so when you take all of those runners out you know I, I don't know that say the seventh eighth ninth and tenth best boys from Carmel ran any differently because the top six weren't in there 
than we would have otherwise. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I just thought that was, and when you look at probably part of it is when, if I'm trying to handicap it myself, I'm just looking at the top 10 or so kids. And most of them were faster than their rating, but not, not significantly. So, so like Aiden Lord, 15, 19, plus 23 now plus 23 applies to the average kid right so um but his rating was i think maybe lower than that um same thing with tristan trevino i mean his rating was probably like right under 16 minutes so they weren't those top few guys weren't way better than their than their adjusted rating for the season but like you said then it wasn't super competitive for those two yeah yeah because like you would think okay so not not even thinking about INCC sets, just thinking about the nature of a race. When you've got like one or two runners who are just clear of the field, I don't think you can really make much of a case that it significantly changes everybody else's performance. But when you've got kind of a string of runners, when you've got, you know, let's say 10 guys that are under 1550 or under 1540, obviously you're going to have, you're going to have guys then in that next level, next level, and when there's when you have a kind of a string of elite athletes like that, I think it does pull the entire race faster, which obviously is going to you know impact your rating. And like you th- see all the time in professional running, you know the the guy will break some longstanding record, and oh yeah, four other guys within three seconds behind him set all time personal best performances. Like obviously those those situations happen, but it's. You know, like in a case where Nikki Sutherland runs an invite and wins by a minute and a half, I don't think it changed everybody else's race. But if Nikki Sutherland is in a race with 10 other podium girls, I think it definitely does change the race for everybody. Right. And we did see a lot of plus ratings across the board. And we'll get into each of these meets that are all kind of plus. So Ted Fox invite, that's at Bloomington or uh, Bedford North Lawrence. And that is not known for being a particularly fast course. Number 21, Northview Girls. They're also coached by one of your friends. Uh, narrowly over Edgewood, 40 to 43. The Crane sisters from Edgewood were one and two, 1911 and 1930. 1911 on that uh, Bedford course is very impressive. On the boys' side, Northview boys, same, same thing. A narrow three-point victory over Edgewood, 59 to 62. Terre Haute North senior Dylan Zeck outleans Northview's Jason Grant, 16-15 to 16-16. A lot of varsity runners between various teams sitting out here. For instance, Bloomington North boys were like fourth or fifth, but their varsity boys went and ran at Culver. Uh, girls rating plus seven, boys rating plus 12. Anything on that? Well, I, th- I think we're for whatever reason, it feels like I, we've, I've been seeing that more across the state, definitely in our region where teams will run and and not like like sometimes you'll take you know Carmel you're that's the team you coach you'll take a a you know a, t- a squad but you're not going to race your top seven you know 12 Saturdays in a row so sometimes you'll stay guys out and that sort of thing but I'm seeing like teams where they'll run they'll run a team in a race and they'll run their best one or two runners in a different meet entirely and it used to be like if you went to a Culver or a Flash Rock and you had a, you know, kind of an okay team, but a superstar individual, sometimes you would sacrifice your team score and you would run, like if you're on the lower division, the closed division, you might run your better individual up in a different division. But, and maybe this is just a change in mentality. Maybe I don't, maybe I'm 
you know, older than I used to be. That's certainly true. But that's like the way it works, sure. I, I never I never would have run in two different meets for the sake of an individual because I feel like that's in my personal opinion, I feel like that's counter that's counterintuitive, that's counterproductive for if you if you're saying we're a team, but this one athlete gets special opportunities that the rest of you don't get. I I don't know. I I'd have a hard time personally probably convincing my athletes that we're all you know that everybody on the team matters the same and then splitting up an individual or two away from the rest of the team to go to an entirely different meet but that's just that's my old fuddy-duddy opinion of the night that'd be my only one okay uh well i'm gonna i'm gonna keep you to that speaking <laughs> speaking of splitting your squads potentially the culver invite up north now this had a lot of out-of-state teams and I think it's kind of gone that way over the last few years. Part of it is the shifting conference meet schedule. Yep. So in the Indy area, conferences went to this weekend, and there were two of them. You guys took a lot of the Indy schools out of that. Uh, so Culver, number 25, Warsaw Girls were the top Indiana team in third with 144 points. Number 19, Garen, fourth, because we're out here, Derek. We're on these streets, streets of Hamilton County. Uh, Garen scores 159. What's that? They're, they're uh, roundabouts. The roundabouts of Hamilton County. The mean roundabouts. Well, the, the roundabouts are in the middle of the street. Uh, okay. And number 20, Chatard was fifth in 189. And that it could come down to at the Noblesville Regional, Garen versus Chatard. Uh, Chatard does have the front running in this situation. Lily Cridge wins in 1728. Lillian Zalasco of New Prairie is second in 1813. And then Chatard went one three. Julia's score was third in eighteen fourteen. So team wise, Indiana not uh, very high up there. Didn't have the top two teams, but did have the top three individuals and maybe even more. Boys side number eleven, Bloomington North was a top Indiana school, third, one hundred and thirty eight points. They had a sixteen thirty eight average. Culver is a fair course, but not known to be super fast. And then uh, the top Indiana runner was a freshman, Bloomington North, Jacob Mitchell, six, Mitchell, 1607. Girls rating plus seven, boys rating zero. What huh. do you think? Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, Culver can can run fast, but it's usually because the <coughs> runners themselves are elite. At least it used to be that way. Obviously, like you mentioned, the, the conference changes have certainly changed the quality of, of competition at Culver. I mean, there were years where you would go to Culver and it would basically be seven of the top 10 teams in that elite race or the open race, or you'd go there and you'd be like, Hey, if you're top 15 at Culver, you're, you're in pretty good shape to be a podium runner at the state finals. And certainly that has changed over the past you know, several years, conference realignment. Uh, a lot of those Northern schools um, go to New Haven because that's the semi-state course. So that has pulled people away. Um, is it is the New Haven invite? It's at it's at Huntington University, which is the semi state okay. course. Yeah. So, so they just switched it. So like yeah. So if I'm a if I'm a coach in the New Haven semi state, I'm I want to run that race because that's I want my athletes to get a, you know a September competition on the same course we're going to see a month from now for the semi state. So for you know I I love the Culver campus is amazing and beautiful and um, you know they they do such a great job at that race. It's it's unfortunate that it's not. It's not the electric environment that it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's the life cycle of meats, right? So if, if we rewind 10 or 15 years ago, like you said, Culver's one of the big ones. New Prairie is one of the big ones, but you know, Brown County was not, I mean, it was a meat, but it wasn't a big deal. Um, and now it's meats have gotten a lot bigger in the past 10 years. Right. And yeah, now it's Marion's one, although that's, that kind of ebbs and flows as, as Northern Indiana does as well. Uh, right now it seems like the big one is, is Brown County. Yeah. You know, some boys that finish 25th at Brown County might finish in the top 25 or so at the state meet. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty stack. That might be the best, the deepest regular season invite of the season. Uh, let's stay up north. New Haven invite, close team race, and you were you were at this meet. I was so at that. I was at that meet. We had boots on the ground. We can uh, give you a, an even better take of what happened. So here we go, Derek. Number twelve, pin fifty-one, unranked Carroll, fifty-two, and number five, Homestead, fifty-eight, but no Addison Kanaba. Correct. Pins, Mary think, Eubank, go ahead. Well, when you throw when you throw Canablo in, then they're they're pretty comfortably clear of Penn and Carroll. Um, when they've when they've been full strength Homestead girls, I mean they're it's either them or HSE. Um, I think Concordia Concordia is kind of that next like the top of that next tier, but um, I when they run well, I think Carroll is is or sorry Homestead is clearly better than 10 and Carroll but like you said without Canablo then you're trading out your one for your six and obviously that changes your score considerably so individually Mary Eubank from Penn wins 19 flat and uh Elise Peckinpah of Homestead second in 1903 on the boys side number 15 Northridge boys 66 number 20 Penn boys 81 and then this was interesting this is one of my things we emphasize that it's always the, it always, it's always the younger girls. It's always the freshmen and sophomores that come in on the girls' side and change things. And that is statistically more likely, right, that a girl that hadn't run before can come in and maybe change the team scores. But it's not overwhelmingly so. And here's a great example of it, Derek. The young boys, Westview freshman Noah Bontrager, 15-47, and then Mishawaka's Liam Bauschke, 15-48. He's a sophomore. How, how fast is this course at, at Huntington? I don't think it's – I mean, what, what were the ratings on it? Girls rating plus 10, boys rating plus 13. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's not as fast as Shelbyville. Um, I would say it's probably comparable to, to Culver. Um, Maybe New Prairie. Yeah, New Prairie, New Prairie, is, New Prairie one, runs weird. It depends on the weather. depends on – I mean, sometimes New Prairie runs fast. Sometimes it's, it's like, surprisingly slow. Um, I don't I don't know how to peg that down exactly, except it's it's a pretty tough course, at least the um the wooded portion of that race can be. But yeah, so this I think it's a I think it's a pretty fair course. I don't think it's lightning fast, but um I was watching that boys race and uh Bowski was trying to he was like the second mile into the 4K, he was trying to get some some gap on Bontrager and he really couldn't. Um and as it came by where I was standing, it's probably 4,200 meters or so, you know, about 800 meters to go. Um, Bowski was still pressing, still pressing. Um, you had the Goshen kid, the Leo kid were, were not that far behind at that point. 
Um, but then obviously Bontrager in the, over the last quarter mile was able to, to, to get a little bit ahead and win. But yeah, those guys, I mean, freshman and sophomore, those guys are studs. Um, also, Baylor Miller from North Northridge was, I think he was seventh or eighth overall in that race. He's a stud. He's a freshman, which, uh, which is huge for their team. But yeah, some really good um, young runners up there from uh, the Westview, Mishawaka, Northridge area. Those, and those guys are going to keep, keep being really good because they're all well coached. Like you think about the coaches at those schools, they're going to they're gonna train those guys right and develop them well. So those will be names to watch for years to come. What, what is it about, you know, we're both Northern Indiana guys, but we're, you know, didn't, didn't grow up in that area exactly. What is it about that Westview, Northridge, right? Like Shipshawana, Middlebury area that produces these individuals and these teams way above what you'd think you'd see based on enrollment and, um, you know. I, okay, so I think there's multiple things. I think, I think first, they're all really well coached, as I said. Um, you know, I think Coach Cove at Mishawaka is great. I think uh, uh, Coach McLean at, at Northridge is great and has been for a long time. I, I think there's also something to be said for, and then I don't want anyone to be offended by this, but there's something to be said. I'm for, already offended. I'm already offended. You probably, yeah, well. There's like there is a there is a work ethic instilled in those communities that really lends itself well to cross country runners overachieving. Because I think yeah. cross country amongst is near the top of any sport in terms of your ultimate success. Obviously, you have to be talented. You have to have a good plan. But your ultimate success comes down to everyday toughness are you willing to accept the fact that every day for four years you're gonna have to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes a lot uncomfortable in order to see results and progress and keep getting better and i think those communities are um they i think that's ingrained in their dna i think those are communities that um you know agricultural communities that want to be good at sports and um i think you know, we've seen girls, boys, individuals, teams just thrive out of that area. And a lot of these schools are not large. I mean, um, you know, Westview is very small. Mishawaka is a medium-sized school. Northridge is a medium-sized school. I mean, they are they are nowhere near some of the enrollments of schools that, that you're nearby. Um, but some like, you know, West, Westview boys, it wasn't, what, several years ago, they were third in the state meet with a- 17. Yeah, like it was it was amazing because they're, they are the, they are not a large school at all. It's a little bit like- oh. Hoosiers, you know, my team is on the field. The like, coach, you need five. You actually do need five in cross country. You can't, you can't pull that trick in cross country. But, um, but yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think, I think they're just, there's a tradition of success at those schools that they just expect to be competitive. Um, and I think they love the one class system because they, they do well in it. They've, they've been very, very good over a long period of time. Let's get to our uh, featured meet. If I can get to it, I lost my voice a bit over the last week. When I know we're a very divided country, but when Kiefer J runs sixteen twenty, America loses its voice. Uh, Are you a here we go. <laughs> In this case, yes. Is that your nickname for yourself? <laughs> the uh, Hoosier Crossroads Conference. It's a lot of the uh, northern Indi northern Indianapolis teams, but not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, it was a blazing fast meet, Derek. Let's let's get to the girls and then the boys. On the girls' side, number two, Noblesville girls, 
25. Number four, Hamilton Southeastern, 78. Number six, Zionsville, 93. Number 13, Franklin Central, 118. Derek Noblesville went three through seven. Those were their scores. Yeah. Individually, Avon's Jessica Hegedus, 1804. Hamilton Southeastern's Maggie Powers, 1806. And Noblesville's Nadia Perez, 1808. That trio kind of pulled away from the field. Noblesville had the fourth and fifth runners. Those were Summer Rempe at 1836 and Paige Hazelrig at 1842. 14 girls ran under 19 minutes. What do you make of that meet? I make of that meet that those are some really great schools on a really good course. And they took advantage of the opportunity and ran very fast. I know that's, that's really, that's bold. That's a bold take, I know, but it doesn't, it's not surprising. Like it's not surprising that on a, on a, on a day in, you know, where the weather's probably in the low sixties when they race, Oh, it was, like, under, it was under 60. Okay, like, uh, yeah, they ought to they run real fast because those are some, those are, you know, three of the potentially three podium teams, if, you know, on, depending on the day. Yeah, that's, that seems, I mean, I, I think Noblesville girls are a lock for the podium. HSE girls are very likely for the podium, and Zionsville is six, so they're kind of in that mix. Yeah. Although it's, it feels like to me, and I, you know, I cover the girls as my statewide thing on the, on the website. It, there is kind of a gap between five and six on the girls. Now, it's also the podium is determined by your results in one, on one day in one race, right? So I, I don't know that those five are certainly locked in, but it, it seems like the top five teams have distanced themselves, provided that all of the, all of the girls stay healthy, don't get sick, don't get hurt and run to their normal level at the state meet. Yeah. On the, well, real quick, um, Noblesville and, and Car uh, Columbus North seem to be the top two on the girls' side. Do you, do you have a favorite in your mind for the state meet between those two? Uh, I mean, I would go historically and say Columbus North has been so consistently good at the state finals. Um, under coach Sluter that it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to bet against them if, if they stay healthy and they, they have an October like they typically do. Um, you also think too about their, their pathway to the state finals. They can, um, and I don't know what they're going to do, but they can leave a lot more control over it, a lot more uh, room for error, I suppose you could say like they can, they can be real strategic about it and make sure their girls are having opportunities to rest or to, you know, to hold back a little bit in different levels of competition and still win at, at you know, sectional, regional, semi-state titles where Noblesville, if they try to do that, they're, um, they're probably still going to advance, but they're not going to win, you know, so it's, it's just a different approach. I don't know what the, each coaches are thinking, but um, Columbus North certainly has the, um, how do you say it, like the, the, the more room to make decisions like that. Yeah, bigger margin of error. Yeah, yeah. And Weinheimer's back. Weinheimer. I was talking to him today at the meet. He's so good. Uh, shout boys. Out. Shout outs. Shout outs to Rick Weinheimer. Boys side of the meet. Number five, Noblesville. This was a, a, not a huge upset, but a, a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. The favored team didn't win, but it was close. Number five, Noblesville, 38. Number two, Zionsville, 45. Number seven, Franklin Central, 89. And number six, Fishers, 95. 
Noblesville boys averaged 1535. The top five, Asher Probst from Noblesville, 1514. Braden Hinkle, we call him the field house, from Franklin Central, 1516. Uh, Caden Click of Noblesville has run very, very well over the last two weeks. Um, certainly looks like a top 20 finisher at the state meet. He ran 1520. Fisher sophomore Sam Quagliaroli, 1526. And then Zionsville's Matt Hilton, 1532. 1532, Derek, gets you fifth at the conference meet. What was the rating on that? Was it like plus 25 or 30? I So the boys' rating was plus 27 and the girls' rating was plus 33. I actually Boom. thought – I was I a little that. surprised that the Shelbyville meet and the Noblesville meet were that close for the for the boys. Is it um, – isn't that run at like Noblesville Middle School? Is like that their home uh, course? White White River Elementary in Noblesville. Okay, so it's so it's Noblesville's home course though, right? Correct. So like, yeah, it's it wouldn't it's not a super like it's still an upset because Zionsville's ranked higher, but it's not super surprising that they would be able to because they're both those are both again two podium level teams. Um, it's not surprising that they would you know defend their own course pretty well in that race. Yeah, and the you know both both teams had five under sixteen minutes. Seventeen boys broke sixteen minutes, so fourteen girls under nineteen, and seventeen boys under sixteen. Those seem somewhat comparable times. Yeah, maybe it's more like eighteen fifty for a girl at sixteen minutes. I don't know, but um, both teams with five under sixteen minutes, and I think Zionsville beat Noblesville at four and five. But Noblesville had a pretty distinct advantage at one, two, and three, as I'm looking at it now. Yes. So Noblesville went one, three, six, Zionsville five, seven, nine. And that was the difference. And I, you know, the state meet of Noblesville performs at about that level. INCC stats ranked Noblesville this week. Uh, team rating of one ten, Zionsville team rating one thirty three. So Noblesville's one ten, I believe, is is the second best team rating or third best team rating this year. Zionsville had a sub a sub one hundred rating at the at the Eagle Classic. It's interesting because that's I mean we look at the when you looked at preseason. Now, obviously, we're way past that now. Like, it's it's when you start talking about preseason rankings at the end of September, it's silly. But that that was not how I that was not how I predicted it. I didn't think that you would have three Hamilton County slash you know Boone County, I guess, um, schools ahead of Center Grove, for example. I mean, I thought they were going to be. I thought Center Grove and Carmel were um, were the top two, but obviously. You guys are way better than than I expected. Although you told me you thought you were gonna really be pretty good, but you told me that every year, so I I just thought you were. We are good every year. I well, yeah. I mean, but you're like, you're 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 sort of an understated guy, Colin. So you're like, hey, we might be pretty good this year. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. True. I bet you will be. And you're like, no, like we yeah, might no, be one of the top five teams in America. Like you never said that. You never told me that. You just said we're gonna be. Yeah, I mean, good. how would I know that? I don't go to everybody's practices. How would I know that? I don't go to any of your practices. <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. That's true. So <laughs> you got to be more specific. Like in track, you'd be like, hey, I think Cole's going to be pretty good in the mile this year. I'd be like, yeah, I bet he will. 
I so wouldn't call like, it the mile though. I'd call it the sixteen hundred. Okay, well I'm you know okay. So that's my second fuddy duddy comment of the night. I, <laughs> I still call them quarter miles and half miles and miles like a like an old anti metric. Okay, so <laughs> you know, I'm thirty seven years old. I'm thirty eight. Thank you. Oh, okay, that's yeah. I had a birthday that's, recently. That's why. So, yep. No, happy I remember. I, yeah, I wished you happy birthday on Facebook. You know you did. You told me I sucked on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's how I did. I know. All right. Let's get into the New Haven semi-state here. And then I, we'll see if you want to go after the break and do some overtime stuff. Um, you are the New Haven semi-state guy. Although it's, it's, the, it's the semi-state for Fort Wayne area teams. It's hosted by New Haven High School, and it takes place in Huntington. And most of the top schools come from Hamilton County or the greater South Bend area. So reason me that, riddle me that one. All right, here we go. Here's what I put. Tell me what you think. Girls side, Locks, Hamilton Southeastern, Homestead, and Concordia. Yes. Okay. Likely, Penn, Carroll, East Noble. Yes. I would, I would put Northridge on that same line, actually. Well, they can't all be likely then. Okay, so I would say Penn girls are the best. I think they're. I think in a typical race they're going to be fourth. Then I think it's Carroll, East Noble, Northridge, five to seven, and I think it's a it's a you pick them special depending on the day. Okay, so you're saying Penn likely, and then you'd put three contenders: Carroll, East Noble, Northridge. Yeah, but I, but the, the order you. I mean, I would say right now Northridge is seven, but I think they're I think they're real. And again, they run really well historically in late October. So I'm saying, and as does Carol and East Noble, I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like, don't be surprised if Northridge is like, oh, they're fourth in the semi-state. And we thought they were on the outside looking in because they do that sometimes. Hamilton Southeastern and Homestead, you'd say they're both very likely podium teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, with Canablo, Homestead is definitely at that level and HSC's definitely, yeah, I think those are, I, they they could both make it. They could both not make it. But those are podium level teams for sure. Where do you like Concordia girls in the state meet? Mm, eighth, tenth, somewhere in there. Um, they've got front runners. I'm not sure they've got. And 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 they might. I mean, maybe this is locker you know locker room material for Coach Stefan. I don't. I'm not sure they have the four or five to be a podium team. But um they can certainly prove me wrong and again they're very well very well coached program so and two in the top 25 would give you a good start yeah you if you get two girls either on the podium or real close to it and then you know you've got some you've got some room to work there three four five all right here we go boys side locks fishers hamilton southeastern northridge yes okay likely penn and goshen Yes. Okay, and then I put so that's five, and then it gets a little tricky, Derek. Uh, it real does. It really does. So help us make sense of this. Okay. I put boys contenders, Concordia, Northwood, and Homestead. Yes. Okay, so three teams for the last spot, kind of. I would, I would say, in Concordia's probably six number six teams okay if, if if everybody runs to par um but homestead's homestead's right there northwood another another you know team out of that area we talked about a small school but again i think that's 
a community that, that has a really strong work ethic and they've had some really good runners and teams over the years. Um, I mean, they're, they're look at like Northwood is in there battling with Goshen, Concordia, Homestead. Like, you know, one of these teams is way smaller than the others and they're right there with them. So, uh, but yeah, I agree with your assessment there. I do. All right. And then I put the Lloyd Christmas division, which of course means the most likely to run off of an empty airway hallway onto <laughs> a tarmac. It means, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Okay. All right, here we go. Take a deep breath here. Adams, Mishawaka, Elkhart, Leo, DeKalb, and Carroll. All yep. of those teams have somewhere along the lines of like a two to seven percent chance to make the state meet. Yep. Let me give you let me give you a team that uh, you didn't include there. And go that worked over a couple of those teams today. Wapahani. Okay. They today at New at New Haven, they beat Northwood, they beat Elkhart, they beat Mishawaka. They were not that far behind Homestead. Like, so I think if I think if you're gonna add one, I think Wapahani's in that in that mix too. Um Wapahani, one one point one percent chance to make the state meet. Yeah, you, more you, like one out of a million. Are like you, Christmas, are you planning your flag here? You want to get planning. on a hard corner here and say Wapahani boys are gonna make the state meet? No, but I'm saying okay. that they are Lloyd Christmas material. Not so not good like one out of a hundred. <laughs> More like one out of no, it's actually one out of a hundred statistically. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, eleven out of a thousand. It says you mean yeah. I would say I would Oak Hill, Pendleton Heights, another couple teams I would throw in that same, you know, in that mix. It would it's hard to see it, but it's not impossible to see it. Like if you're saying Elkar can do it, then I'm saying I think Oak Hill could as well. If you're saying you know, Mishawaka could. I'm saying, eh, don't forget about Pelton Heights. How about that? Well, I think one of the harder aspects for Adams, Mishawaka, Elkhart is that that, that regional is very challenging, and not all those teams are going to make it out. No. Whereas, strangely enough, this year, the West Noble Regional, which has typically been the most challenging in that semi-state, is, yeah. is, is a lot easier to navigate through. So Homestead boys – maybe are more of a contender, even though they may not necessarily be as good. Their ratings aren't as good as Elkhart or um, Adams or some of those teams that Homestead boys are going to make it through. But, you know, between Elkhart, Mishawaka, Adams, one, somebody's got to go. Yeah. Homestead boys have looked pretty, pretty good to me the last couple of weeks. I, I think they're pretty good. It's, it's one, it's, it's one of the it's one of the more interesting semi-states. It's one of the more, you know, it's one of the four most interesting semi-states at minimum, I'd say. Top four. So I think I mean the girls are clearly better, like in, individually and team-wise as a whole, right? Than the boys are. Um, but the girls also feel more predictable, which is like it's fun to be like, oh, like there really are a dozen schools that if they can make their way through their regionals to the semi-state and they, you know, they're, they got some momentum going into that race. Like, and I don't mean like false start momentum. I mean like team momentum that they're, they're getting ready for that race. I'm not talking about cheating at the start of the race. Um, just to be clear. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're not. 
We're not advocating. I'm not. That. I'm an IHSA official. I am not advocating for a a false start. But did you I, just I mean, go to the meet, or were you the official today? I was not. I don't. Yeah, I don't officiate in cross country because. Okay. Um. Well, this year because I've got family family stuff. Correct. We are expecting a child very soon. So I mean, I'm. I didn't want to be starting a race and have to leave halfway through. Right. That's no good for anybody. No. No, it's not good for business. No, not good for business. So, oh, yeah, I was watching my my daughter's in middle school and she was running at New Haven today. So I was there watching and obviously was able to check out the high school races before the middle school races. So two for one, man. There you go. Uh, cool. We got two minutes to go. Anything else? Um, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do an overtime or are we, are we gonna wrap this thing up in two in two minutes? Do you want to do overtime? I don't need to. Let me let me do let me do a one minute um soapbox okay? okay you got the you got you can see the time here's my i got i see the countdown okay i'll do it in a minute so one of i and i have not coached for several years and you could certainly you know criticize whatever you want about me when i was coaching but one of the things at this time of year that it like grates on me like fingernails on a chalkboard and tell me if you've heard not, now you're well. showing your age not, okay right. yeah like real chalk. Okay. So coaches will say, Hey, we're running really well here the past few weeks. Just, just wait, wait. Back. just, just wait till you, you know, wait, wait till you see us taper, see how good we're going to be in October. And I'm just like, don't do it. Stop what you're saying. This is a bad plan. The sentence you just said out loud is wrong. And I don't know how to say it, except I just scream back at this person. No, don't do it. And I, they're startled, and I, they do it anyway. So I don't know why. But here's here's my soapbox, okay? Last minute. Cross country, a 5K is an oxygen-dependent race. It's 97% reliant on your aerobic system of energy. Don't quit doing what is working right now because it will still work one month from now. The only way you can screw it up is to stop doing what's working and think you have some magic reduction mileage plan that's going to work and it won't work. Done. I'm going to, I'm going to bleep that whole part out because I feel like you're giving away our secrets. Hey, Derek Leininger, you either love him, you hate him, or you think, you he's, think okay. he's okay. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right. See you, Colin. See ya.